1: Attention collectors of vinyl, have you ever gone into a record store and felt overwhelmed by all the unfamiliar options? Are you frustrated by the constantly increasing prices of classic rock staples? Do you avoid streaming music or long for the days when music was recommended to you by a friend instead of an algorithm? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, then check out I'd Buy That for a Dollar a podcast about inexpensive, common, and underappreciated records that are waiting to be rediscovered. Each week, hosts Sean, Jeremy, and Peter discuss an album and the artist's history. Previous episodes include selections by the Isley Brothers, the Carpenters, the Doobie Brothers, and Donna Summer, among others. Become a bargain bin pro and impress all your friends with cool music trivia, Listen to I'd Buy That for a dollar wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there, it's Zach, all the way from Chesapeake, Virginia. Creative Control happens to be my favorite podcast. I value Vish's insight and his ability to balance humor with in-depth conversation while occasionally dipping into serious topics. Regardless of whether I've heard of the guest or not, or however long Vish has known them, you really do get the feeling that the two of them have known each other for a long time, and I walk away from every episode feeling like I gained something. I think that's testament to how good of a journalist and conversationalist Vish is. He has a real skill of opening people up. I also enjoy the spicy and light-hearted ribbing Vish does with his guests from time to time. Oh, and while I have you, did you know that for just $6, you can subscribe to the Creative Control Patreon and get access to all kinds of bonus content? And for $10, Beach will mail you one of his t-shirts. And hey, that Peachy shirt is pretty cool. Anyway, enjoy the episode and doo. Oh wait.
0: Good evening, and please welcome to the stage, Michael Belazzo!
1: Come on. Come on. Michael Balazzo is one of the funniest people I've ever encountered, and he is currently based in his longtime home of Toronto, Ontario. A noted stand-up comedian and writer, Balazzo currently co-hosts the Evil Men podcast and also once co-hosted the Landlord and Tenant pod mess, which is currently on hiatus. In 2020, he released his debut live stand-up record, which is called Complete Discography, though its title is already obsolete, as its hilarious follow-up, Michael 1, Comedy Zero, was recorded in June 2023 and released that same year on November 1st. As such, Michael returned to the show to discuss the album and the entertainment competition he faced on the evenings he was uh, recording it. He talked about traveling back and forth from England a lot more of late, Things That May Impact an Audience's Reaction Time also came up. We discussed uh, Burton Cummings and the fake Guess Who? Pop Culture Highlights from 2023. Seeing Metallica and Ramones live in concert. Future Plans and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners exactly like you listening right now who follow and subscribe to this donor-driven podcast and spread the word about it among your, your peers, your podcast listening peers, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control. That is the primary source of revenue for all of the work that goes into me making this podcast. It might be the primary source of revenue for all of the work I do in the near future. So if you can, there have been a couple of pushes of late, as uh, depending on when you're hearing this, There have been some pushes of late uh, to get the uh, Patreon uh, support up on a monthly uh, uh, basis there. So if you've long thought about uh, supporting this show on Patreon, please know there are incentives now. There are prize packs coming and you get episodes earlier than everybody else. All sorts of little perks and gifts if I can uh, uh, help in some way to incentivize you to support the show. So anyway, you know what I'm saying. Thank you for listening. And if you can, support the show at uh, patreon.com slash creative control thank you very much plus in-kind support from pizza trocadero the bookshelf and planet bean coffee in guelph ontario and granddad's donuts in hamilton ontario all wonderful independent businesses in canada this is episode 830 of creative control featuring the lovely and talented michael balazzo with your host me Vishkana. Hey, Michael, how's it going? I'm all right, Vish. How are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. It's my birthday. I
2: did see it was your birthday, and what, a, what an amazing birthday gift that you've given yourself, me as a guest on your podcast.
1: Oh, you have no idea. I am so pleased uh, that you are the first of three interviews that I have booked for my day. Because on your birthday, at oh. my, and I, I can't emphasize this enough, at my current day job... I have uh, my birthday off. So I took it off. And then I was like, because it's so busy, I was like, well, got to bank some content. I'm going to talk to as many people as I can on my birthday. And when I said right. this to my daughter, she's like, you're going to just do work on your birthday? I'm like, it's not work. It's fun. I love talking to people. Sure, I mean, it doesn't fit. Uh, you're a great, this is great. I can't, this is the first of three. I can't imagine a better person to talk to. I hope you're doing well. Where in the world are you today?
2: I'm in the East End of Toronto, um, where I've lived for the past year, just having a great time here in my living room, talking to you. And may I say before we continue, the fact that you have two other people to talk to today on your birthday makes it a little less special. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> uh, so it seems like you're just talking to anyone who has some free time today.
1: Listen, listen, I'll tell you what happened. I, I was plan I don't like doing more than one of these a day, but, uh, something happened Pure where, hell. uh, well, it's a lot. You do this. It's a lot. It. It mm-hmm. actually. People may not think having these kinds of conversational uh, shows. Uh, what? Well, it seems easy. It. Uh, what could it? It's a bit. It's not draining. I don't want to be negative, but it's. It's work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It's a mental and physical uh, decathlon. We podcasters are the modern day coal miners. <laughs> we're the modern day shipbuilders. <laughs> we're we're the saying, modern day I'm just auto saying workers. To, to have multiple long form conversations in one day, it's a lot it's a fair amount of work. That's all I'm getting at. I'm not saying it is, yes. It's physical well I'm telling you, mental acuity. I have a standing desk. I don't sit down. I'm standing all day talking to people. You know what I'm saying? So this is the freshest you'll be all day, and I'm I'm glad to have you in that state. Well, I'm pleased to have you too, because uh, first of all, before we get too much further, congratulations on another wonderful uh, album, Michael One, Comedy Zero. (laughs) I find it very enjoyable.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Yes, it's my, my sophomore album. Hopefully I've avoided the sophomore slump. And, uh, yeah, it just it just came out recently. And your show is part of my massive nationwide press tour that uh, is, is almost going to be three podcasts.
1: <laughs> Dude, let's plug them. Where else have you appeared to talk about your show? I'm curious.
2: Well, the interesting thing is that uh, Central and Eastern Canada were not even interested in the slightest in promoting my album. It was all podcasts in, like, close to the Rocky Mountains. So it was uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself Wonderful. out of uh, Vancouver, yep. Block Party out of Vancouver, and now Creative Control from Edmonton. So it's right. kind of, I'm slowly working my way huh. uh, to the East.
1: What does that tell you about the state of affairs in both comedy landscapes, uh, interviewing, podcasting? What does it mean that everything's out West? I think these Toronto media people, the the
2: insular Toronto, the cozy Toronto media elite. Maybe I make them a little uncomfortable with my views and <laughs> the way I freely express myself, and they they don't know what to do with me. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, I I know what to do with you, and I'm I'm from yeah. where you're from ostensibly, so I I have That's an right. affinity for. Ontario things uh you know I, I know where you're coming from oh uh, well let's just quickly like when did you actually uh record this particular album what what, what was the month what so, was the the, the the year the date you know what I'm saying
2: <laughs> June 22nd and 23rd uh at Comedy Bar West in Toronto if anyone knows the venue the, the the original Comedy Bar recorded on a uh I think it was a Thursday and a Friday night and then uh spent the summer slowly doing edits and I wanted to get it out uh, faster than my first one because the first one I almost didn't listen to the recordings for like six months because I was too freaked out. But now I've heard my voice so often from editing podcasts and stuff that I was like, who cares? Just uh, try and get it out as soon as possible. So I think it came out November. Let's say November 1st because I think that was the date, the deadline for submitting for a Juno, <laughs> which, I, which I in an act of blind faith. I did submit my album. Oh,
1: uh, I, for consideration. It should be nominated. I'll say I haven't heard everyone else's records uh, maybe uh, yet, but uh, it, uh, as a comedy fan and critic, and someone who sat in on some of those uh, uh, Juno juries uh, in the past, uh, this this <laughs> cuts the Like this should be there. This should be absolutely there. It's great. So June, uh, oh, just for context. Uh, there was another, and I don't want to spoil too much. We'll be careful here. I want people to check out the album, but you do allude to the fact that there was another performer in town while you were recording uh, your album. Is that right?
2: That is right. So the second
1: night of the tapings, and I couldn't believe this. I was furious.
2: I almost canceled the show that night. Um, yeah. You know, I put a lot of work into my act, and I was excited to record my album. And the second night of the recordings. Who was also doing a show that night, stealing my audience, splitting my audience in two? But Shania Twain, right? Who is, I believe, performing at the Air Canada Centre. And to me, that is a classic case. It's like a David versus Goliath thing. Like she's Goliath in this telling of the story. You know, she's uh, not letting young emerging
1: artists do their thing. Demographic inconsideration, I would call it rude rudeness. I love the fact that um, on your album and in this conversation, you continue to refer to the Scotiabank Arena as the Air Canada Centre. <laughs> the way we, we, we don't... Call, most uh, people from Ontario do not even call the Rogers Centre anything but the Skydome. But you're, this is a corporate <laughs> distinction, though. Skydome... I like well, saying it because I don't yeah. feel like I'm saying. I don't think about it, but I feel like it was called the Sky Dome, yes, but it was never the Rogers yeah. Sky Dome. It was never the Scotia Bank Sky Dome. It's the Sky Dome. It's it's a, the only yeah. company affiliated with it is Heaven above the sky. You yeah, are you stubbornly calling it the Air Canada Center for some purpose? I guess.
2: I attach a lot of sentimental value to Air Canada as a as an airline. They're a company that mean a lot to me and have always been there throughout my life. So, in my heart, it'll always be the Air Canada Center. Great airline, great people. Sometimes I just go to you know Pearson Airport and just hang out near the Air Canada desk and mm-hmm. make, try and make new friends, hang out, you know, see where people are flying.
1: Yes, yeah, I know that about you. I don't want to provoke any hackers here. Uh, but given the context, and for full disclosure, what is your bank of choice?
2: Oh, my bank of choice. I'm a TD uh-huh, guy. Uh-huh. See? TD this Canada. Is, this is what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: I think you're yeah. avoiding saying the name because of your affinity for a particular kind of bank. What do you think of that? Are
2: TD and... Oh, Scotia! I see. I see what you're doing now.
1: You know, you know, my <laughs> Michael, you know that banks are separate entities. It's not just you go to the bank and they're all owned by the same company. You have cho- yeah. and for the hackers, I'll say this: Michael and I have a, a shared uh, association with the same bank. However, uh, it's nice I- to talk to a fellow TD banker for once, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Toronto pride for you as well. You're not from Nova oh, Scotia. No. What do you care? No. Nope. They're not even willing to yeah, talk ba- to you about your comedy album. So you've no. gone with with TD anyway. I find. Them, sorry, I, we're clearly- I was hacked last year. Oh my no. My bank account was hacked last year. Oh no. I'm it, sorry to hear that.
2: My my girlfriend had just uh, I had dropped her off at the airport for her to fly back to the UK, and as I came back to like to downtown, I got like a series of phone calls and emergency texts. Saying that my bank account had been frozen, and I looked into it, and someone had stolen two thousand dollars out of my checking account. Oh my god! It, the thought
1: did cross my mind. I was like,
2: "Did my did my girlfriend steal <laughs> oh my money and then fly home?" <laughs> oh my
1: god! Oh my god! That is severe trust issues that you've yeah. developed there. Uh, sorry, and I, I had to also, wait eight hours until I could talk to her about it. <laughs> I I was also uh, I was hacked. Uh, we were hacked twice. Uh, but the most recent one has severely impacted my credit rating. Uh, a ba- someone oh. mucked around with a bank I'm not even associated with. And the bank, what I found out, I was like, what's going on? Why can't I do stuff? They're like, because of your bank, your account with such and such. I'm like, I don't have an account with such and such. So I looked into it and such and such bank was aware of the issue for a full year and a half and had not contacted me or my actual bank to say, by the way... Uh, you know, I you with the credit stuff. You find out when you're applying for a mortgage or whatever, and they say, ah uh, ah uh, ah, uh, we did a check. It's not working. And I and I that's when I found out. And when I con- there, someone on the phone from the bank admitted, oh yeah, we knew about that. We flagged it. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me or anyone else? Like, I, to this day, I was trying to yeah. do something, and they're like, uh, oh, we'll just do a run of the mill credit check, even though my by the way, my credit is immaculate. I have nothing to worry about, and then this some person uh, and the bank. I hate banks. I think we should just call hey. it the center, not the Scotia Bank or the Air Canada. It's just <laughs> the arena or the center. I hate them all. Sorry, I, the arena. I didn't mean to, to rant well, at you, but yes,
2: I'm sorry this happened. It doesn't sound like the person you talked to embodied TD Canada's values. This
1: it, this was not TD though. What I'm saying is, I oh. I have an association with a bank. What I found out is. They said, Your credit is mucked up because of your, you didn't do something with this bank, the other bank. And I like, I don't have an account with that bank. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. They said, Oh, then what I'm saying is, then I contacted the other bank and said, Hey, what the I hell? See, and and someone on the phone, fr- and some underling was like, Oh, yeah, we flagged that. We flagged that a year and a half ago. And I said, What? They're like, Uh, uh hang on a second and then they put me on with someone else who was like, "We uh, we are not aware of any situation. You know what I'm saying? The chicanery, yeah. high jinks. Anyway, I'm sorry you got hacked. You are flying back and forth a lot <laughs> these days to the United Kingdom, is that right?
2: United Kingdom, uh Great Britain and Northern Ireland, correct? <laughs> uh my girlfriend is also a comedian. I think more six, uh much more successful than me. Her name is Suze Kempner and she's uh pretty big on Twitter and uh, twitch and stuff and uh yeah we've been doing a, a very convenient long distance overseas relationship for the past like a year and a half yeah and it's good because it's it's cheap i <laughs>
1: it's a cheap way I, I understand what you're to go on a date <laughs> yeah. uh michael any thoughts of leaving your beloved toronto anytime soon
2: I mean, the thought of waving bye-bye to the Sky Dome and to TD Canada, my local branch at Danforth and Coxwell, that's so sad, but I don't know. I mean, I'd love to, to dip my Canadian toe in the uh, crazy comedy scene over there, but it also seems very uh, very difficult. They're, they're really sealing their borders shut. It's, it's pretty oh, hard right. to just pack up and move there if you don't have a sort of ancestry connection like neither of my parents were born in the UK or Europe or whatever, so yeah. it's, it's quite difficult. What
1: about the opposite? Would, would Suze contemplate Canada, one of the colonies that her... I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I, I always say that, you know, I love this country and I love all the opportunities it's given me, but um, I do say that it would be somewhat of a step down for her to, yeah. to come here. Although, people love Brits here, so maybe she would immediately star in every TV show as the, the funny British lady. I right.
1: She's an actor as well. Is that right, yeah yeah, okay, mm-hmm. so you go over there, you go across the pond as we like to say uh, to England uh, mm-hmm. to visit your lady friend. do you then uh take up the uh, opportunity to perform stand-up for the Brits
2: i I do treat them with my unique stand-up comedy, yeah, I've done like a bunch of shows over there, like in London and in Edinburgh a bit for the past two summers, but uh yeah I'd like to if I spend more like a substantial amount of time there, I'd love to do. To, to do more shows, you know, pe- the uh, comedy scene. Like,
1: yeah, people uh, often will ask uh, comedians uh, how their set was, and uh, and, and sometimes the comedians like, which one? I did three tonight, you know, that kind of thing. I don't mean to get you to grinding, j- grinding. Is grinding. that am I am mischaracter? It's not unusual for you to do a few sets a night sometimes, right?
2: Yeah, like two sometimes, maybe three if yeah. things are haywire. But yeah, the especially like beginning comedians do that. I try and keep. I, I try to do as many shows as possible, but maybe two is my maximum usually. But you hear about these like New York comedians who are like, I did 16 sets last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, And my life is falling apart. Yeah. And um, yeah.
1: I got the podcast Not hustle so. today. I'm doing three interviews in one day. I don't normally do that. That's like three sets, except they're probably going to yeah. be longer than a normal comedy set. and you don't have to go to a a dingy bar no uh, no no it's uh, after this i'm going to sit on the couch sit on the couch and contemplate my next one but my point was going to be if you could generalize about the experience of performing um, stand-up for uh the brits the irish the scots in comparison to the sets you do (laughs) primarily i think for uh canucks how would you rate and compare the experiences
2: I believe – now, there's one important factor here, and I think it's more recent. I I believe that audiences in the UK are a bit more uh, maybe – not boisterous, but, like, reactive and uh, demonstrative. Uh, they're, They're not maybe as shy. Or I think the prevalence of pot and marijuana and stuff, in my opinion, has had a big effect on audience reactions. Sometimes a quiet audience, you might think, are they all stoned? Are they quietly enjoying the show, or very unlikely? Maybe I'm just not doing a good job, and they don't find my jokes funny. But I, oh. I believe the use of pot has like altered sort of audience oh. reactions in this country.
1: Oh, in, in Canada, you're talking about Canada, right? Yeah,
2: in oh. Canada, because huh. I mean, pot is very much still very illegal in the UK.
1: Oh, um, that's really fascinating. So you're you're, you're describing it as silence. But I also gather you might be uh referring <laughs> again, you might be All these you... audiences, they're silent
2: whenever I do comedy. I don't know what, no, no. what's up. This it must is be not a... I I
1: had I have yeah. Michael on to upsell his work and his album. He's I will honestly I know he's here, but to anyone listening, uh Michael is one of the funniest people I know and funniest people I've encountered from afar. I don't know how long Twitter's gonna last, but he's endlessly funny. I I think Michael now that I'm referring back to you, there's no way a crowd is being silent in your presence. I think you're infinitely funny. Is, may I say that to you? Is that untoward? You may.
2: So infinitely. So it's like getting into the realms of, of like uh, quantum physics? All right,
1: like... <laughs> listen. Now I regret saying anything. You've taken my compliment and you've thrown it back in my face. No, I think no, you're very, very funny. Nice. What I'm saying is, you're saying the pot, it's silence, but it's a delayed I, I don't know enough about the pot and the reefer. I don't do the drugs, so I my understanding is it it relaxes people. It puts them in a stoned right. That's the phrase. It just mellows them out. It turns them into murderous fiends that is, want to kill. Is it fair to say their reflexes, their reaction time, could be delayed if the if if something said uh, something was said that was funny or droll. They other people yeah. might be like ha 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 within a second, yeah. whereas someone who's uh, you know uh, under the influence, let's say, might be like yeah nothing, and then you get the staggered laugh. Is that what you're referring to? The staggered laughter, the delay,
2: staggered laughter. There. Um uh, their uncomprehending brains take a long time to process the information being delivered to them from the
1: stage <laughs> <laughs> well listen i don't know. so that 's a distinction that 's a significant distinction it 's not necessarily your ma- I think, yeah. your material like do you yeah. do you sometimes when you go to a different city, even in Canada, you will tailor your material a little bit to the crowd some people don 't do this at all by the way, but yeah. do you find you you modify your approach? In any way. you
2: know what? I've always heard about that. Like when you're tra- when you're a, a road comedian, you always look up in you know, the local news and find out who the na- like what the name of the mayor is and yeah. do some local references, and the audience will love you. I've tried that a bunch of times, and it never goes well. <laughs> and, and so, I think I've abandoned that kind of thing, and I, I just should.
1: Do you think just, it's because people are like, oh, this guy did really preliminary research for that one? Like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. That kind of thing.
2: We know that you just read the news today and you just looked up on Wikipedia the name of the mayor. You don't really care about us and our struggles. There's yeah.
1: a common joke uh, that used to occur at JFL 42 in Toronto. Uh, by the way, is Toronto still perpetually under construction? It always seems to be. It.
2: Is right downtown in the financial district, also at Young and Eglinton, where it's been like yeah. dug up for 10 years, and yeah. maybe it'll be like five more years or something? Yeah.
1: Because yeah. a common joke, numerous American comedians would come on stage and say this joke, exactly this joke. Hey, great city you got here, Toronto. It'll be really great when it's finished. They would all <laughs> say some <laughs> semblance of that joke, but yeah. it would always get a big roar. Hey, they yes. talked about us, the Americans talking about, like, that's the recognition, mm-hmm. right? So it's as much for you as it is the crowd. I get it, but you're right. It doesn't always work, is what you're saying uh, on some level. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, listen, I am pleased to have you on the show uh, for a record that you made in the year 2023, uh, because I feel like the year uh, up to that point has, has somewhat reflected uh, on the album, uh, there's there's a, a very funny extended bit about the sad passing of the Queen, for example, among other uh, other jokes. Uh, how is 2023 for you, generally, Michael? How has it been? Um, it's been
2: okay. It's been good. I've I've been able to travel to the UK a bunch. I've been able to do. I did the Winnipeg Comedy Festival this year, and I did a tape. Oh, for, for CBC yeah. Television, so I got to do that at the. Uh, Burton Cummings Theatre which is beautiful have you ever been there?
1: I no I haven't actually I've been to the West End Cultural Center for Juno uh, award events in the year 2004 and now I think of it no I've heard it's a nice theatre and it's named after guess who Burton Cummings, that's great. Burton Cummings and the real Burton Cummings, not the fake
2: Burton Cummings. Who's right. uh, Have you been following that? The the fake Guess Who? Who?
1: Yes, I actually. Not only am I following it because <laughs> it has trended on various social media platforms. I received all the press releases inviting me to interview the Guess Who, and I was like, "Oh, the Guess Who going now?" I will admit to you, I don't follow their work, but I did. I I went through a slight Guess Who phase. Yeah. Uh, and I and I was like, you know, these are cool songs I like them When Randy Bachman and Burton Cummings Were in that band <laughs> again But what you're referring to, Michael, I believe Is that there is an iteration of the Guess Who Circulating, mm-hmm. touring No, without Burton Cummings The primary singer And Randy yeah. Bachman By the way, I saw them I saw them play a show at the Molson Amphitheater In like 2003 And it was the f- as many of the original members as possible Now it's like some shadow Guess Who Is that right? I think it's like
2: maybe one or two original members that ha- I, I I think are using the name and maybe tricking people into thinking they're getting the whole Burton and uh, Randy package. So yeah. Burton and Randy are so mad; they're just fuming. Yes,
1: yeah, so they want to um, sue, and their uh, Burton Cummings if, uh, yeah. seems to be on his own Twitter saying, "You know, this isn't what the hell." And <laughs> yeah, I saw and, him a
2: few summers ago, and he. Oh. I went with my brother at the CNE, yeah. and we bought tickets and we thought like. Ah, This will be a laugh. It'll be funny to see. And then within like three songs, we're like, oh, my God, he wrote so many amazing songs. And we were like legitimately like he is, you know, a national treasure. What a what a great musician.
1: Is it difficult to take him seriously because of his mustache?
2: I think that was it. That's the main thing. The mustache.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It's hard to take someone. He's he's a he's okay. Listen, people are going to (laughs) mock us for this. He's arguably a great singer. Yeah. If you if you like, he's a great singer and uh, he's a great musician. uh, Often uh, rocking the keyboards there. And you're right. You know, so many classics that I'm not exposed to anymore. I don't listen to classic rock radio in Canada, but so many Mm -hmm. classics. Uh, For those who don't know, you might be familiar with a a fella named Lenny Kravitz. And some years Mm -hmm. ago, Lenny Kravitz performed. uh, I think it was for a movie. He recorded a version of the song American Woman. Well, guess what? Guess who wrote that song? The guess who? Burton Cummings. And yeah, that's. And a, it wasn't just for any movie.
2: It was for, I believe, an Austin Powers sequel. <laughs>
1: I think it was. Yes, you might be right. It might be for the spy who shagged me or something like that. Yeah. You're. I think you're correct. So that was Mike Myers, probably tip of the hat to his home country. Mm-hmm. Let's get Lenny Kravitz to do a Guess Who song. So, yeah, it is uh, hard to probably to be a... um, Well, I think what we're getting at is it can be difficult to be a living legend who has a mustache. Absolutely. Why not? And, uh, you know, he's shorn that mustache and I don't even... Have you ever seen him without the mustache?
2: I don't think I have, but it would be like that kind of thing when, like, my dad had a mustache Most of my life. And then there was like the rare occasion where he shaved it. And then the first time you see him, you're like, ah, who are are you? Yeah. So I'd probably wince if I saw Burton without his iconic mustache.
1: He doesn't quite look like himself. And he appeared. I I caught uh, some uh, Juno Awards telecast in the last uh, five, six years. And he appeared and he didn't seem he seemed a little erratic. He seemed a little hyper to be on stage with the Youngs, you know? And, and I was like, oh something wrong with Burton Cummings. But uh, then I was like, maybe it's just the mustache. I can't stop thinking that everything in his life would be better and his legacy would be stronger if he simply got a, a sponsorship from Gillette and just got rid of the is thing, it, you know?
2: Is it too late to stage an intervention this late in his career? <laughs> to-
1: <laughs> well, he's he is also arguably the Tom Selleck of Canadian music. Like, if he takes the mustache off... Like you said, people are like, was that Burton Cummings or was that Ron Sexsmith? Who yeah. was that, you know? Everyone would be asking for a refund. Um, you know, he yeah. wouldn't be able to command any
2: of his you know fees for his performances. It would be disaster.
1: Well, if the fake guess who were smart, they would all sport mustaches. Then there would be mm-hmm. no confusion. They, they'd be like, what do you mean? What do You, you, want, your, you want a <laughs> refund? Didn't you see the mustaches? That's what I would say if I were them. Anyway, why are we talking about the guess who? How did this come up? You went to go see them? Is that what we said? Well, I went to
2: see Burton Cummings a few years ago. Yeah, and between oh. every song, he was like, "This tonight's all about. We're just gonna play some toe tapping rock and roll." And he said <laughs> that between every song, toe tapping rock and
1: roll. <laughs> oh Well, see, that doesn't seem right. There's maybe something wrong there, or or sorry, I shouldn't say that. Maybe he has some affliction that we don't know of. You know, like uh, you you hear about this. These musical geniuses, uh, geniuses are often on some sort of spectrum. Maybe he's got like a Brian Wilson thing, and uh, you know what? Yeah. Maybe I take it all back I didn't mean to disrespect Burton Cummings at all I, I, I think what I started out saying is I went through a good guess who phase In this century and we, I love went, I, we love him We love yeah. him We do So oh You performed at the Burton Cummings Theater in the At the <laughs> yes. Winnipeg Comedy Festival That's how this started yeah. I'm sorry That's a great uh, Feather in your cap That's a great milestone yeah. for the year I would think
2: And I had no mustache. And so the staff were like, are you sure you want to go on that stage with no mustache? Uh, And I said, yeah, watch me. Uh, And it was good, yeah. So I did the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. I released this album, which was a a goal. And what else did I do? I uh, had uh, a lot of nice meals and uh, spent quality time with my friends and family.
1: Oh, great. Well, that's great. That's excellent. So in in a broader view of the year that was pop culturally... Uh, does anything stand out for you about this particular year? I have some thoughts and ideas about yes, pop culture stuff, I suppose, but it is also I was just remarking about this in an exchange on Twitter today. Uh, because I've been so swamped, it's one of the first year it is the first year in probably 20 where I didn't uh, submit a best of list uh, to a magazine I re- really? I write for it.'s the, I was just too swamped and I think I was even traveling to Ontario. Um, back and forth for a week uh, to go. I went to go see uh, Bob Dylan, uh, uh, three, two, 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 three times, three times in uh, Ontario, and once in uh, twice in Ontario, twice in Toronto, once in Rochester, New York. And I think the deadline to submit the stuff was around then. I don't remember. My point is, uh, I didn't submit a film best of film. I was on your podcast once doing this exercise where uh, <laughs> we talked about the year that was. And I had it. Mm-hmm. I had it solid because I'd made one of those. I'd made a best films, best TV shows, best music, uh, maybe yeah. best books. I had it all down. And on, you're slipping. You're slipping. I, this year, I'm uh, someone. The the tweet in question was, someone just bluntly said, my friend Carla uh, bluntly said, I haven't listened to any new music this year, which it was very sad to read. Mm. But I also wrote, like, yeah, that's sad. It's weird. I i just told her exactly what i just told you without my year in review list i feel a little adrift because that's usually when i that's a, an exercise that helps me reflect on everything yeah. cool that happened you know what i mean sorry i' not about me do you do you do you relate to what i'm saying have you ever made a list at the end of the year well
2: in anticipation of this recording today i did go back and try and oh, think yeah. of like what my highlights were and i was like oh my interests are getting
1: so narrow and repetitive yeah <laughs> so,
2: this is I what really... this is
1: what that tweet said too like this was a music person a music fan saying bluntly sadly i don't want us to get sad i don't know what it means but you're saying sort of a similar
2: i don't want to make you sad on your birthday that's the last thing i
1: want to do <laughs> but you know but... what i'm already sad on my birthday despite all the joy coming my way today i'm already a little sad so it's okay don't you can't make me sadder than i am is what i'm saying don't worry well
2: I I noticed that I didn't really see that many movies new movies this year. In fact, I th- I think I only saw two, Killers of the Flower Moon, which I loved. I saw that in uh uh in London in a freezing cold theater that didn't have the heat on because that country is living in the Victorian era. It was really shocking. It was 3 and a 3 hours and 40 minutes basically like watching a movie in a, like a McDonald's freezer.
1: Um I haven't seen this film yet, so you had the experience of watching an, uh, what I understand to be an arduous uh, uh, film about uh, terrible things, while you yourself were yeah. viscerally and physically suffering. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, I f- I, I felt like uh, who's really uh, who's really being. <laughs> I was like, who's getting the uh, who's having a worse time? The people on the screen
1: or me freezing in the theater <laughs> oh, right now? No, no. You, know, you uh, know what I mean? I don't um, want to know what you mean uh, yeah. in this case, but I know what you mean. Let's put it that way. You know
2: way. what I mean. Um, and <laughs> uh, have you seen it? Did you see No, like I say, I haven't yet. Uh, movie,
1: I think no. I said. Maybe I didn't. No, I haven't. Uh, yeah. The only uh, time I've been to a movie theater... In the last uh, three years Was this past summer uh, We were in uh, Cambridge, Ontario uh, For Oh, sorry I made two trips to Ontario this year Which is unusual uh, But we were there in the summertime And staying with my parents My whole family and I For the first time uh, We're back in Ontario together And on one day We decided we'd go see Barbie So we decided we would go And I hadn't been to a movie theater In a long time And it was a, a cineplex or something And I go, we go And I'm like, what the hell? The seats recline, and you have more distance between you and the person next to you. What is going on? What luxury is this? And it's like
2: being in a spaceship now, going to see Is you. this the
1: norm? Is what I experienced normal now?
2: It sounds like that might have been like a VIP ticket no. you bought, but you can have... No, no, oh, no, really? no,
1: it was not. I We paid. Well, okay. so we walked in. I paid for the tickets uh, through, uh, I think, a person. And then, you know, people were... We were contemplating popcorn, and I looked over, and it was all sort of automated, the popcorn was already prepared in its bags and you're just supposed to go and take it to someone else. There's no person putting it in for you. AI. And AI butter. AI they say, uh, put your butter on yourself. But they also say, there's a butter shortage. <laughs> Don't put too much butter, please. So I'm like, butter shortage? What is a butter shortage? I haven't heard of this. Anyway. What is this, the, D- the Great Depression? It feels on. that way on some level. Yeah. And anyway, I we enjoyed Barbie. That's the only time I've been to the movies. I have not uh, been to see Scorsese's uh, latest epic, which I've heard is good. So, I, but 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 I've also heard uh, if you go, you might be very cold. That's the other thing I've heard.
2: Yeah, everyone should know that if you go... And that's the way Scorsese wants it. He he was like, I want everyone to watch this film in sub-zero temperatures. He basically, Um, he
1: wanted it to be like uh, the the scene in... Is it Goodfellas or Casino? I think it's Goodfellas where all the guys are hung up in the meat lockers. It's Goodfellas for sure. I think that's what he was going for. Do you know what I'm referring to? Sorry, this is a... Goodfellas is on TV like every other week here in in Edmonton. It's on some channel. It's either commercial-free or or the unedited version, and I've watched Goodfellas, because it's. I'm always like, what am I going to watch while I'm eating this bowl of cereal? Oh, Goodfellas yeah. is on again. Do I watch uh, Goodfellas or Family Ties? That's what I often think. And sometimes I'm like, they're kind of the same sort of idea. And then I watch yeah. like a precocious uh, a young man uh, with conservative values just wants money. Ray Liotta and Michael J. Fox is basically uh, the same uh, character. I'm sorry, I've really digressed here, uh, Michael. Uh, You saw this film. What else uh, did you want to say about that or other things?
2: (laughs) I loved it, and I I saw the
1: other uh, new movie, current
2: movie I saw was Saltburn. Have you seen Saltburn? You know,
1: I haven't. As I've already uh, explained, I haven't really uh, uh, taken it upon myself to. (laughs) No, no, I I appreciate you. This is just (laughs) it, though, Michael. We the last time you you probably thought, oh, this will be great. Vish is very yeah. immersed in pop culture. I know this because when he was on my yeah. old, by the way, is your is the landlord and tenant podcast just pod mess? <laughs> is it all done?
2: Pod mess. It's on a long hiatus right now because then James Hartnett and Chris Locke and I uh, do the podcast Evil Men now, which yeah. uh, has been going for like two years.
1: So. Yes, and I, I I must admit I mostly engage with it by clips and things, and it's it's always very funny. <laughs> I need to dig in. Uh, and, and and having said that. I know this sounds uh, ridiculous, having said what I just said, uh, being unknowledgeable about the whole of the show, because it's just, as you know, Michael, it's, it's hard to consume everything these days. I will say much. I'd like to dig into recent episodes, because it's been a while since I've actually been able to sit down and listen to it, and consider this an open invitation. If this podcast still exists, mine uh, and yours, and you ever, you guys ever want to gather and talk, uh, you know, I think we've had a nice thing over the years where we bring each yeah. other on our show. So I just want to say that. And before I forget, uh, I love Chris. I love James. I like you. It'll be great to have you all on the <laughs> on the show sometime to talk about that show. But so you're doing that? Sure. That's your primary podcast pursuit right now.
2: Right now, yes, Evil yeah. Men. We came up with the original idea. We invented a format where each week we look at a bad person from history. <laughs>
1: Yes, and you're the
2: first ones to do it.
1: (laughs) And you have, and you have guests, and and they will talk about bad people as well.
2: Yes, Uh, and uh, either comedians or uh, people of note. Uh, yeah. Media personalities, uh, sports broadcasters, authors, whoever we can uh, we can get. You should come on and, and pick a evil person.
1: Oh well, listen, I didn't, I wasn't fishing or uh, to get on. I, I appreciate that, and maybe someday <laughs> if I if I can find it in my heart and mind to yeah. characterize someone as evil, uh, which I don't normally, do. as you know, I'm not a cynical person. Uh, Your fault is that you you're, you're too forgiving and that yeah. you love too much. This is what yeah. I've heard. This is what I've heard, and yeah. I think it's true. No, I appreciate that. I would love to uh, be on there. And I don't mean to uh, sidetrack you from talking about movies I haven't seen. Saltburn. I keep seeing people talk about Saltburn and use it almost uh, as language. Uh, you got Saltburned. I don't know what they're talking about because I haven't seen the film. What is Saltburn?
2: You've been Saltburned. <laughs> you <got> um, sal- <laughs> it's basically... So it's a British film that is like about class. divide. They're They're obsessed with class still over there. So it's like this... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name Barry. He's the Irish actor Barry McKeown, oh who was in Banshees of Initiative yes. and killing of a sacred deer yes. I think so he plays this like uh person from a disadvantaged like sort of uh background with bad family situation who falls in with these rich kids at Oxford and then the um like the most popular of the rich kids is like, you shouldn't go home. You should come stay at my family's place this summer. And so he stays at this sprawling, beautiful mansion with all these rich kids, and he realizes that he's, you know, from a different world than these rich people. And then it veers off into a totally bonkers uh, direction that you, you don't see coming. And then um, sex, violence, revenge, all sorts of stuff. Uh, a famous scene in a bathtub.
1: Famous scene. So earlier, I was alluding to the fact that I feel like people are invoking Saltburn in a meme-like way. Do you know what I'm referring to? And do you, can you describe that if you do the, the meme? Well,
2: I think it's based on a few like outrageous images from the from the movie in a bathtub. Like I don't want to give Saltburn spoilers. Yeah. Heaven, yes. heaven forbid, yeah. especially yes. on your birthday. Yeah, but, no, that would be bad. Uh, it's like uh, there's a few depraved moments in the movie that I guess people are. Uh, using as uh, as memes I guess okay
1: I, I'm, I I haven't it's one of those things where uh, if you follow uh, uh, some particularly Twitter as I do uh, you will catch on to what a meme means after the fifth iteration of them you'll be like, what is this and then because it's a lot of Twitter uh, can be a little insular and you have to kind of follow mm-hmm. the whole storyline eventually because and uh, my favorite thing is I'm like I don't know what that is maybe I'll look in the comments and the comments are like can you explain this? What does this yeah. mean? And then eventually you'll get to someone who, a very beautiful soul, who's like, oh, this is a reference to this. And you're like, okay, yeah. now I get it. And then you leave that thread. And then you, uh, because of your low self-esteem and your need to feel like you're in the know, you'll be like, ha, 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 I get it now. And I, <laughs> you, you you like all the other ones because you're like, ah, I'm in the know, I get it. It's a really like, uh, I, I like it. I like to know things. <laughs> but i also sometimes when i think about my behavior i'm like do i just like this cuz i know what it is and no one very few other people do you know what i'm saying i get that i have yeah, a little i've never yeah.
2: thought about it so deeply but yeah I, it is well uh,
1: i as you may or may not know michael yeah. i have to immerse myself in twitter for another gig i have <laughs> and uh, compiling uh, the funniest tweets which is still going somehow i keep waiting for this uh, platform to What do you make of this, Michael? And a friend of mine told me it's growing tiresome (laughs) that I always say, are you still on Twitter? Because they're like, what the hell are you, Mm. why are you asking this? I'm like, well, I don't know. Every time I put out an episode, like there's always some weird thing that the founder, the the owner of the company does and people are like, I'm done, I'm leaving. And then no one really leaves. They come back. It's very confusing. What do you make of it? You're a, again, great Twitterer. What do you make of this? What's your relationship with the platform right now in terms of its... Cultural cachet and also the problematic nature of it as well.
2: <laughs> well, well, Vish, uh, thank you for asking me. Uh, I do use it less than I used to, like much less yeah. than I used to. Maybe I'll like send off a barrage of tweets and then nothing for a few days. But uh, it's mostly come down to just like promoting stuff. But I do have friends who have quit and gone to like Blue Sky or what's the other one, Threads, Thread, which I haven't done yet and uh other people who i know like my girlfriend Sue's, who has like 107,000 followers she has told me that she has like no reach now like something weird either she's like shadow banned i know other people who th- feel like their tweets just don't get seen anymore and people feel like they're just tweeting into to the void and it just just no one's getting it i don't know
1: yeah that happens i don't uh i don't want to sound petty and and, and whatever, or, or or like I'm too... Let's put it this way. I'm not concerned about the same things, but I've noticed the same things. One Instagram story or post, for some inexplicable reason, will explode. I'm like, yeah. why the hell does this stupid thing that I shared have a billion views, and then another thing will just bomb out 20 views? And right. And, of course, it's always the thing I care the most about. And then I'm like, is it the links? Is it the tagging? Yeah. And then Twitter, but Twitter is more nefarious. I think there's some purposeful stuff. So you're, and then Sue's probably, has Sue's gone to Blue Sky or the other things?
2: She has, yeah. And, uh, and you've
1: got to start all over. Like that's just it. People don't, uh, uh, you know, whatever. i my, I have a modest, well, in the grand scheme of things, I have a modest (laughs) Twitter following on my main, right? But uh, it's also just whatever. That's what it is. I go over to Blue Sky, not even close. Like, it's just taking forever for, and I don't care, except I care. I'm like you. I'm like Suze. We have things to promote. The yeah. bottom line is that's what we're doing. We're putting ourselves out there so people, Michael, would you not, would you say you've benefited from your Twitter presence in a professional manner?
2: I think so, just in, in terms of getting to to meet certain people in real life and, To have people just see my, you know, whatever clips or jokes and things like that.
1: Your long-distance girlfriend, how did you connect in the first place? Twitter. It was Twitter. See what I'm saying? Oh, my God. I feel terrible. But I just asked you if anything significant (laughs) happened to you for Twitter. And you did not. I had to remind you that the love of your life. I'm sorry, Suze. I'm... I'm here to help Michael. No, I'm just kidding. No, but that's that's the truth, isn't it? And I will say, is I know this. I feel like... This is going to sound creepy, but you know I follow you. I feel like I saw this sort of blossoming, this interaction. Like, I feel no. like she liked... I would share your stuff on various things, and then I was like, the Suze per- I'd get a note of... Suze shared your thing. Yeah. Uh, your like your retweet of Michael's thing was shared by Suze, and, and that's what I mean. I have a sense memory... Of that this interaction is,
2: this is so eerie i'm just it's so
1: voyeuristic i'm just imagining you like peeking through oh my god venetian blinds Sorry. You, at, listen at our t- twitter You've, exchanges <laughs> i don't i this does sound creepy and voyeuristic i'm telling you michael and you know this so i know you're joking one of my jobs is to follow funny twitter people yes, and yes, yes, so it is yeah. just that i just i'm saying I shouldn't have probably put it this way that I saw this romance blossom, but I feel like I saw some exchanges yeah. and I was like, what's going on here? And then left it alone. Mm-hmm. And then you guys started to be more sort of public in your, hey, my boyfriend yeah. is so funny. And and oh, I'm going to see my lady. You know, whatever you you don't know how you talk. So so you're you're slowing down. And do you have any predictions about it's hard to predict what's going to happen with Twitter particularly, don't you think?
2: I mean, that Elon Musk, he's just so unpredictable and such an enigma and such a, a wild guy. I hate when he's described that way because he is just a, he has no charisma and he can't even put a sentence together. And the media has just decided that like he's certainly a wild card, that Elon Musk. I hope he just loses the company. And yes, goes back that's what I think. It was.
1: Isn't that what everyone's yeah. hoping for? Like, I think that's why yeah. those of us who are, I also don't, um, uh, luckily, uh, seem to be the victim of uh, some of the more horrid, a- I, the, the more horrid aspects of Twitter in terms of anti-Semitism, white supremacy. I mm-hmm. see people share. People are quitting in solidarity. I think as well, and I, right. I'm close to that every week. I'm like, but as I've mentioned numerous times, <laughs> one of my jobs is to yes. actually uh, follow it. And wait for it to collapse. And the other side of it is one of my jobs is promoting things. And when you promote something on Twitter, it still seems to have more resonance um, yeah. than almost anything but Facebook. So I'm sorry. Lots of tangents today. Saltland. <laughs> what else is going on? S- Saltburn. 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 Saltland. Saltland.
2: Um. Now, is this relevant? In 2023, I saw the movie uh, James Cameron's Titanic for the first time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I feel like is this not is this part of your album? I can't recall. I feel like I you have, talked about it. I do yeah. have a
2: joke about seeing Titanic um on on my new album, Michael One Comedy Zero. Um I also Good watched plug. The French Connection this year for the first time. Uh no, I rewatched it. Oh, so. yeah. But yeah, yeah cultural I, highlight of 2023, rewatching The French Connection.
1: <laughs> what did you make? Uh, that Gene Hackman's fantastic by the way and I uh, hope he lives forever. Uh, unless some weird stories come out about him, in which case uh, he should die immediately. Mind. Yes, immediately. Uh, what did you make of <laughs> Titanic? I have only seen that, well, I want to say once, maybe once and a half if it was on TV. What did you make of it?
2: Oh, I thought it was amazing. And I hadn't, like, I had worked in a video store when it came out and I was, like, fully aware of how yeah. popular it was. I just never saw it for whatever reason. And so. Uh, we went to go see it, and it was a 3D showing of Titanic.
1: Oh wow! And
2: thought it was amazing. It just seemed. Uh, like
1: oh wait a, a minute! You saw Titanic not on Netflix. You went to an actual theatrical screening of it.
2: Yeah, they re-released it theatrically in 3D here. Um, oh, for I think it was the 20, 25th oh, anniversary. Oh, it was an
1: anniversary. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and uh, and you and you thought it was.
2: <laughs> I thought great work, James. And
1: uh, you know yeah. this James Cameron makes uh, these massive blockbusters and people uh, uh, of you and I uh, of our ilk will uh, instantly be like,, ah, it's too mainstream. <laughs> but then you watch it and you're like, oh, like, this guy really knows what he's doing. Did you hear that crazy story about uh, that circulated a lot this year after the submersible uh, uh, accident <laughs> yeah. uh, that uh, James Cameron knows all about submarines uh, first of yes. all, like knows more about it than almost anybody. So he's some sort of weird Renaissance guy. And then but secondly, I believe the story that began circulating, which I'd never heard before, is that he was in a submarine when nine eleven happened and, yeah. em- and, and emerged from the ocean. And there's film of him being like, Whew, that was a great time in the sub. You won't believe what happened. James. Nine eleven. Like I don't think people were calling it nine eleven yet, but he's like, the guy was basically like, You won't believe it. And he was like, What? Anyway, I thought, sorry. It's like when
2: you're so rich that you miss 9-11. <laughs> you're so successful you're so, that you miss it.
1: So successful and ingenious, I will yeah. say. So maybe, uh, because when that submersible thing uh, occurred, which did happen... He was in like 20- trashing
2: it. He was like, those guys, that guy didn't know what he was doing. That submarine was trash.
1: Well, the fact that James Cameron could be called upon as a credible expert yeah. after that. like They didn't call him on 9-11 because he was in a submarine. We know that now. But if he, was, uh, if he was on the surface, dollars to donuts, they would have been having him on CNN being like, James Cameron, what do you make of this? Uh, these buildings going down? What do you think's happening? <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you, from my experience making Terminator 2, uh, they should have made it out of that shiny, uh, uh, you know, that uh, stuff that uh, we had Robert Patton, and then that would have been indestructible. If that had happened with yeah. that, then the buildings would have come down and come right back up. This is very dark. I'm sorry. Why am I making jokes about this?
2: yeah hey, okay. you know what? I'm gonna give you a free pass because it's your birthday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, everyone. I don't mean to be insensitive, but I thought that was a weird uh, story that came out yeah. uh, this year that uh, people went. Uh, very inexperienced submarine people went in a bad sub and then uh, it, it exploded and everyone laughed at them. Everyone <laughs> joked and and because they were uh, rich people doing dumb yeah. things, and uh, that was weird. Uh, and all of it i did it I, w- I was sharing the funny tweets on it and then afterwards you're like wait a minute people died and that is the ebb and flow of the news cycle i would say of like oh something terrible happened <laughs> three hours later endless jokes about the same yeah. thing and th- that's a weird part of twitter too anyway uh titanic was good anything else <laughs> yeah uh the breaking news uh, titanic is good um
2: Um, I made a list of other just...
1: uh, All movies, by the way. All of your significant experiences beyond comedy specials, movies.
2: Yeah. I do have um, music here. I have... uh, I saw Metallica in Montreal with my brothers in August. They did... They did this... They're doing this thing now where they will pick cities and they'll play two shows separated by a day. uh, Totally different sets. Wow. And... uh, we went there and saw them at the um, the Big O. I see so you have an expos uh, framed picture behind you, or is
1: that? Oh yeah, that's actually an a, a artist, uh, Rick Froberg, uh, the musician who uh, unfortunately sadly passed away in 2023. Uh, he that's a that's an original work, and if you I I know you're trying to look at it for some reason he depicted Mounties <laughs> and clearly a, a murder scene and. Yes. In French, it says Allez, which I believe means go. <laughs> I have to consult my kids there in French immersion. I used to okay. be good at French. And then, yes, for some reason, I have no relation. I don't understand. I never got to ask Rick about this. Montreal Expos. Yes, that's a keen eye you have. Eagle eye, keen- Michael. Yes. Yeah. 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 If I see anyway, Expos so you got to see uh, Metallica. <laughs> James Hetfield, also a famous mustache wearer, got rid mustache of it. Mustache Got rid of it. Fans turned on him. Yeah. so this Well, is... he was
2: sporting a mustache, let me just oh, say, in August okay. when we saw them. And uh, they were great. And uh, it was just funny to be like Quebec is like the home of heavy metal in North America. Mm-hmm. They love heavy metal there. So it was funny to see Metallica in Montreal.
1: Had you seen and them before brothers,
2: that? Ever? I saw them once years ago when they, for some reason, were part of Lollapalooza. Oh, yes. Wilson Park in Barrie. Yes. I think that was the same one where I finally saw the Ramones. Oh, nice. Who were on like so early. They were on at like 3 or 4 p.m. But it was great just to see them uh, because I think they broke up and then all passed away immediately after that that tour.
1: Yeah, I regret never seeing them. As you know, maybe no. Why would you know this? My daughter (laughs) is named after the Ramones. Um, Ramona. Ramona, Ramona, yeah. So we. we, uh, I was going
2: to ask if it was the Bob Dylan song or or the. Yes,
1: people assume that uh, because my other son is named after Levon Helm, uh, actually. But uh, no, it's actually because my son, who's got some years on my daughter, uh, heard the Ramones at three or four years old and became obsessed. Like to the point where I was a bit concerned. He knew the (laughs) album sequences of the first five. Keep in mind, this is my doing he liked it so i'm like let's listen to the next album like it was one of those things where you turn on the car you turn on your 2005 toyota matrix and the cd is still (laughs) in the car when you put your son in there from when you were driving by yourself and then uh you're like "Uh oh i should probably take this out and put the raffi back in my son is in the car now and he literally was like "Whoa, whoa whoa, what is that yeah what is this i'm like oh it's the replacements or the ramones Completely obsessed with what his papa was into, wanted to connect with his papa. I know what's going on there, but as a result, first five Ramones albums in particular, he knew the lyrics (laughs) and the album sequences at a very – it was a bit eerie. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh maybe he's got some something going on there. Like, I, I what do I got to take him to? How can he... Because he wasn't just like, he'd be listening, he'd be like, the next song is beat on... Like, the next song is this. And I'm like, oh. Now I want to sniff some glue. Yeah, yeah. I actually... <laughs> uh, it gave me pause to hear my son singing 53rd and 3rd. And I'm like, oh, oh I'm a bad parent. I should not... Raffy have,
2: can't compete with no, D.D. Ramone. No.
1: no. So Sadly. all this to say, that's amazing you got to see them. I regret not seeing them uh, I had a couple of yeah. opportunities, and but I also think I was at an age where I'm like, "That's not really the Ramones," like it was all the other C.J. Ramone was yeah, there, yeah. yeah. So I had a thing even back then where I'm like, "That's not actually the band," you know. But uh, so I, it
2: was, yeah, Johnny and Joey, I guess, were the two originals, yeah. At that point, was yeah.
1: Marky or was Marky on drums or no? Because they it had must a, have been Marky
2: Ramone. Yeah, he had a
1: falling out too, and it's hard to keep track. Like they. Uh, Marky yeah. came and went Like he arrived to replace uh, Tommy And then I think to, Yeah, I, we don't have to talk about this I'm a guy sorry. named Richie for a while Yeah, yeah, Richie yeah. Ramone, Richie Ramone well. And yeah. there are all sorts of Ramones <laughs> And I should know all their names off the top of my head But uh, yeah, I have all the Ramones yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's great That's great you got to see the Ramones and Metallica at Lollapalooza and- That's my
2: cultural highlight of 2023 Is seeing
1: the Ramones in 1998 <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like, in in a nutshell It sounds like you had a fruitful and great year yes. and it's culminated in um for me anyway <laughs> in the, not only this conversation i mm-hmm. i can't wait to let people know about michael one comedy zero wonderful wonderful album uh i can't Thank handle you. sorry i don't want to yeah i'm not going to gush further but there's just certain bits that i can't handle they're so funny and they make me laugh so much uh <laughs> and i just want people to check it out and so uh, i commend you i com- canadian passports i the, the Landlords versus cops there's just so many great bits here Michael I don't I, it's hard to do them justice by just saying their titles Thank you. people should dig in and actually listen to them for a full experience uh, what's And I, I do
2: I do um also finally I got it on vinyl my uh, I documented my beef my longstanding beef with the property brothers so if anyone's interested in hearing about that check out my album Oh
1: my god yes that whole sequence is amazing and your joke about their parentage if you will makes me i that's what made me laugh out loud again today as i was revisiting uh this album on my birthday which i urge you to do on your birthday if you're looking for some joy everyone listen to uh michael one uh comedy zero for sure and it's on vinyl so uh, a couple of things uh i want to ask about your future plans first of all what's coming up next for you michael
2: Coming up next, I'm just cruising and not really uh, working very hard on anything until the New Year. Um, You're just cruising, are is you? Is that what up? you
1: said? You're just cruising? I'm just
2: resting on my laurels and <laughs> <laughs> not doing anything till the New Year, yeah. waiting for Christmas to wash over me. Um, actually, Suze Kempner and I are uh, writing a, a sitcom pilot, so that's oh, wow. the, the major thing of, I guess, a uh, major project I have coming up. But uh, other than that, just, yeah, more stand-up and the Evil Men podcast and... We're trying to see if in the spring we can do some live shows and recordings on uh, both coasts to try and get out of Toronto for once. Yeah.
1: Well, I clearly have a market out west in Western Canada. They love you here. (laughs) Yeah. That's where all the podcasts seem to be. That's great. Uh, And if people want to learn more about uh, your activities uh, and to pick up a copy, a vinyl copy even, of uh, (laughs) Michael1Comedy0, where would you like to send them?
2: Well I'm on Twitter and Instagram at M Balazzo and I must say I, sat, I was I was um, I made it up. it's not on vinyl. It is only a streamable album. Oh I'm sorry everywhere, everywhere except for Spotify, not because I'm taking a moral stance but because uh, the submission was rejected because I picked the wrong category and I can't change it now. but what did you I which did, category did you pick? on Spotify? I submitted it as spoken word and then the subcategory was like humor or something and some bizarre random rule that's like if any tracks on a spoken word album are less than two minutes, it's rejected out of hand. And so I just it, it'll I was told it'll never be on Spotify. But you know, um,
1: that company, yeah. as you may know, I'm not a fan of and uh, and they're, they're going to hear this and be mad at me maybe somehow, but whatever. So a comedian on this show a few years ago named Jackie Kaysen. And she told me the story of how uh, she signed a letter in solidarity with comedians asking Spotify to simply remunerate comedians for their stand-up records in at least the exact same way they remunerate musicians. And the yeah. company's reaction, according to her, was to take all of those comedians' <laughs> albums off of Spotify. <laughs> like, that's how petty and angry he's mega like it's what elon does too if he if you go after him in a sea of millions of users he will you know if you're prominent enough he will find you and suspend you specifically and i was he definitely googles himself yes looks up himself yes yeah. so i i think that company that we were just talking about is not easy to work with clearly like you screwed something up and you can't fix it and then, yeah. but they also seem to have a weird thing with com- comedians, is what I'm saying. Like, no great, yeah. no, sh- no, no long leash for comedians. You, you screw up once with yeah. them and you're eh. Anyway, I'm sorry. And I didn't, I, some people are pressing their comedy records on vinyl. I don't think it is that unusual. I
2: looked into it. Yeah. I did look into it, but there was such a, as you know, there's like the shortage in the backlog because yeah. vinyl is popular now. Yeah. It was something like a 10 month uh, lag between sending it to them and having them pressed and the price of it i was like there's no way no yeah if i press you know a thousand or five hundred copies that i'm gonna sell all of them and i'll just be stuck with the records even though i would love to have uh, my albums on vinyl maybe in the future i'll do it
1: well all this to say I, I if you did it i would buy a copy at least one and i think everyone should check it out on uh, whatever hey, you got a band camp or something
2: I have Bandcamp, it's on uh yeah, Apple Music, okay. Deezer. Yeah. Uh, all, all sorts of popular streaming <laughs> platforms. Lots of platforms,
1: it's true. I always forget about Deezer. My show's on Deezer and I'm like, I never yeah. mentioned that to anyone. Check out my show on Deezer, which I assume is owned by Rivers Cuomo, like I don't know why it's called that, or Brian Bell. Somebody, maybe it's Pat yeah. Wilson owns Deezer as a side yeah. thing. Anyway, uh michael this was a really fun chat for me uh i want to go out on a if possible if it's permissible uh, uh from both your perspective and maybe spotify's can we go out on a track from uh, your new that was a joke i don't think we need spotify's permission <laughs> can we go out on a track from michael one comedy zero and if so can you tell us which one and maybe why why it came to maybe even a little bit about it and why it came to mind
2: Ah, uh, sure. How about we do the one I believe is called "Cops Versus Landlords" yeah. that you uh, referenced earlier? Um, I have a little section where I'm talking about the basically the the cost of living that has been in the news for the past couple of years, and we've all felt the bite of it—the cost of groceries and and uh, housing in the country. And uh, there was a, a uh, an incident that happened outside of Toronto that caught my eye about a uh, dispute between a landlord and some tenants, and I thought that the way it was resolved. Was a little bit humorous, and maybe your (laughs) listeners will also see the lighter side of it.
1: Yes, these are back-to-back tracks. Actually, cost of living uh, goes into landlords versus cops, according to what I'm seeing in front of me right now. But I think what you're suggesting is we go to landlords versus cops. Is that correct?
2: Yes, please. Yeah. Okay.
1: This is landlords versus cops (laughs) uh, from the brilliant new album, which hopefully, and I don't want to jinx it, will be Juno Award nominated uh, come 2024. Fingers crossed. Uh, The album is Michael One, Comedy uh, Zero, available via uh, all fine online streaming retailers as we speak. Michael, thank you so much, uh, as always, for giving me any time at all. Uh, I really think you're one of the funniest people in the world, so it means a lot to me that you make time for me, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in the future, and I hope we talk soon. Thank you, Vish, and happy birthday. Oh, yes, right. Thank you. (laughs) I keep forgetting.
2: (laughs) Rent is also out of control. It's a cost-of-living crisis. Anyone here rent? Yeah, it's really so expensive, you know. And uh, there's this awful story that happened recently. Maybe you heard just outside Toronto. um, There was, like, uh, a dispute between a landlord and his tenants in Hamilton. And things escalated. Uh, Tragically, the landlord killed his tenants. Right? Awful story. It's not funny. But... But then (laughs) the police came, killed the landlord. (laughs) And hearing that story, I find very uh, confusing because when it's cops versus landlords, uh, I don't know who to root for. (laughs) Uh, I mean... Cops are bad, but shooting a landlord—ah, who am I to judge? (laughs) It's an unsolvable moral puzzle.
0: (laughs) You know that society's
2: in trouble when old friends like cops and landlords turn on each other. (laughs) It's like like from the Book of Revelations or something, (laughs) like. The lawman shall spilleth the blood of the landlord. (laughs) The hellfires shall engulf the earth. No, I wish cops and landlords the best. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a cop or landlord here tonight, nothing but love for you.
0: I honestly hope you never die.
1: Always a joy to speak with uh, Michael. Thank you, Michael, for being back on this show, this time for the 830th episode of uh, Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available just about wherever it is you get your podcasts. Do you use Deezer? It's on Deezer. I'll I'll mention that. By the way, there's a Linktree link in the show notes, and uh, depending on your podcast player preferences, I think I've got a lot of those uh, options there and there. So yeah, wherever you listen to your podcast, you should be able to find this, uh, this this one. If you can't, for some reason, find an episode that you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can uh, follow or like Creative Control and me, Vish, on various social media platforms. As I mentioned, there is a Linktree link in the show notes, and that should direct you to all of the things that I'm using And that you might be using too. And feel free to follow me or whatever on Twitter and Facebook and whatever else you use. Thank you. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to support me financially and obviously my work. Uh, The more money I have in the Patreon, the more time I have to devote to this show. And that's what I would like. So... Uh, to do more than anything, I like doing the show, and it's uh, become a bit more difficult in uh, the last little while to find the time to do it. Uh, and I don't like that. I want to be able to put my whole heart and soul into this show because I enjoy it. And when I am on my game, it feels like things are, are going well. And when I'm distracted or tired, I feel I can feel myself slipping. That's the main thing. I'd like to just make this a job, an actual job, not a. a not just a part-time job maybe that's all it can be and that's I, whatever you know what i'm saying uh six dollars usd or more a month grants you access to exclusive content on the patreon there uh, you get the episodes earlier than everybody else you get uh, old tape of mine that i find all sorts of things and I, like i say the main thing is you are supporting me and my work and if you'd like to see that uh, continue i i urge you if you're able to uh, support the show on patreon please do thank you so much also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Find local independent businesses uh, in Ontario that I used to frequent more often than I do now that I'm not there. But if you've got places like that where you live, I urge you to support them. I want to thank Jim Guthrie for lending me some music for the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And uh, last but not least, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Michael. Check out his new album, Michael One, Comedy Zero. Please subscribe to this podcast or follow it and tell your friends all about it. And otherwise, I hope you're doing well and that, you know, we interact soon. Thank you so much. Bye for now.